0: C-O-L-L, oh, I hope there's two L's in there, E-T-T-E, I don't know, it's, it's, it's in there, maybe it's one L, two T's, I'm forgetting, I don't know. Uh, I know,
1: whenever there's double letters, I, I never remember. <laughs> <laughs> the secret is that there are tons of writers that are really horrible spellers, those two things are not related at all, and we all thank God for spell check.
0: Welcome to the Lone Star Play Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong join me and a famous guest we discuss their career life food texas and everything in between let's get started hello my friends welcome to the lone star play podcast this is me singing a little bit for you because why not i just want to change this up a little bit i'm your host patrick Scott Armstrong. Let's get to this. Uh, This is our week of authors. Uh, We have Stacey Swan on the show. Uh, Amazing book. She has out Olympus, uh, Texas. Um, And she's just a phenomenal person, to be honest. okay, look, no spoiler for the book, but spoiler for the podcast. We barely talked about the book. It just we just, you know, got into our own thing. Look, we talked about writing and just philosophies and, you know, current topics and and things and it was just um you know got to know her more really stacy it was great it was it was really cool um we had a great time you know just kind of got away from us you know you ever sat down with somebody planned to do something and just for whatever reason it just got away from you because you just had a good time yeah that that's what happened you know it was like oh hey listen stacy we were supposed to discuss it well listen We had a good time. So you really get to know Stacey. She's hilarious, first of all. Like, for real, she's super funny. Um, We had a great time. So please uh, check out her book, Olympus, Texas. And, um, yeah, you'll super enjoy this interview. Okay, so there's no spoilers for the book. So, you know, no worries there. Um, And it's a phenomenal book. It's her, her, you know, first book for her to put out. And um, she's super excited about it. It's getting just rave reviews. And, um, you know, what a pleasure, right? What an exciting time to talk to somebody when they're in that moment. Uh, super cool. So, yeah, she's just down to earth. Um, true Texan. Just really enjoyed Stacy. We had a great time talking. So, uh, Austin, Texas native. Okay. Let's do this. Before we do, got to keep the lights on, remember, or the mics on. That's what I should say. We got to keep the mics on. So, Word from our sponsor, Texas Real Food. We'll be right back. Hi, I wanted to talk to you about what's on the Texas Real Food site. That's more than just putting in your zip code and finding, you know, the coolest butcher, farmer's market, restaurant around you. There's also other resources on the site, recipes, articles, and one in particular is called the Texas Mom Blog. It's awesome. Faria Khan, is writing these beautiful articles you can really learn a lot about texas just giving you a lot of other things to think about food family everything behind that goes into food as well so just different topics and uh conversations definitely something worth checking out as well all right back to the show okay y'all texas real food of course please Look, I, I, like I say, I do use the site. This is a great site, guys. It keeps getting better. And you know what else? Check out the social media for Texas Real Food. It is on fire, okay? I'm telling you right now, Instagram, Facebook, it's on fire. Um, they're all over the place, but, it, you know, their, their social media game is through the roof. So, yes, really cool stuff. Uh, definitely worth following. All right. Uh, and look, our social media. Yeah, that's right. Good segue, Patrick. You're welcome. So look, it's uh, Lone Star Play TX. Of course, we're really on Instagram and Facebook. That's it. Okay, be honest. And and look, YouTube. Boom. We're all over YouTube. We love it. We're expanding. We're getting better. Uh, there's new things coming up. Uh, video stuff. I don't want to say. Okay, I don't want to give anything away. Anyway, um, please subscribe. Hit the notification bell and let us know how we're doing, I guess. Um, we release new content every week, two episodes a week, new videos, clips, all those sort of things. Anyway, all right, let's get to this uh, interview with um, Stacy. Again, amazing woman, amazing book, amazing conversation. It really is a great episode. I, I absolutely enjoyed it and can't wait to have her back on. So, all right, let's get to it. Um, Stacy Swan, Olympus, Texas. Enjoy. Hello. Hi, Stacy. how are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a real pleasure.
0: Awesome. Yes, for us too. This is exciting. I love. uh, I love talking to authors. I feel like they're just so much smarter than me.
1: I uh, I just watched um, the beginning. I'm going to finish it later of your Tim O'Brien interview um, with the director, um, which Aaron uh, Aaron
0: Matthews. Yeah,
1: I've been meaning to watch the documentary and hadn't done it yet. So I was glad that that reminded me. Um, He's so amazing. I love Tim O'Brien.
0: Wow. Yes, he's a he was such a character to talk to. I absolutely enjoyed it. And honestly, we hardly like talked about the film and any like, you know, but, but that's what I love about podcasts, too. It just sort of I'm willing to go with the moment if someone's interested and passionate in talking about something. He very much was. And I, we, you know, I just super enjoyed it. And, you know, with Aaron as well. And, and coincidentally, Aaron won an Oscar um as well this year for another film that he worked on um as well so yeah that documentary you you just know that he put his his time his effort his life his everything into that and it's yeah it's a beautiful film so highly recommend it i'm glad you're watching the podcast that's great he's a great guy yeah for sure that's yeah very
1: exciting i don't what did he did he have a newer document what did he win the oscar for it was called
0: it was a short, so it was a documentary short. It was called Colette. Oh,
1: okay. I will have to see if I can find that too then.
0: Absolutely, yeah. C-O-L-L, oh, I hope there's two L's in there. E-T-T-E, <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's, it's in there. Maybe it's one L, two T's, I'm forgetting, I don't know. Uh, I know,
1: whenever there's <laughs> double letters. I, I never remember <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you can't remember i definitely can't you know yeah, that's, th- that's
1: the the secret is that there are tons of writers that are really horrible spellers that those two things are not related at all and we all thank god for spell check um <laughs> yeah <not
0: related. laughs> that's funny i you know that's that's actually very uh very cool to know because um you would think maybe that would be the case but honestly that makes sense right you're telling a story I don't need to know how to spell this word necessarily, <laughs> right? <laughs> right.
1: Now, now, word even like it fixes it for you in the moment. Sometimes if you if you get close enough, so uh, absolutely forcing my bad knowledge.
0: <laughs> yeah it's always like it, my wife will say how do you spell this i go well just go to spell check and type it sp and then it'll come up like right that's my strategy to her is like it'll do it for you know just do the first three letters like that's uh, that's how i know how to spell everything i know the first three letters basically that's and then, you
1: know, you know right? you've gone really wrong when spell check doesn't even suggest what you <laughs> totally, totally you're like oh i must have some vowels wrong in here <laughs> listen
0: this is going to sound great but every time i try to spell answer I can't get it right. I cannot spell answer, and and even when I go to spell, it doesn't come. It doesn't come up because I'm so off every time. And I tell myself to remember this, and Patrick, just remember this part, so you get. And I still, even right now, I'm trying to think. I can't answer answer. I can't remember if it's A W N. I don't know. I don't care. It's frustrating. It's like one of those things I'll always live with, Uh, no matter what. Yeah, the, right? the
1: things you don't know how to spell, you will never learn. My personal, mine is grammar. It's. um, ITS versus IT apostrophe S, I always put the wrong one in, no matter what I'm doing, it's the wrong one. And I have to do a whole (laughs) revision pass checking um to see okay now let me flip all of these because i'm
0: always writing it wrong (laughs) listen that honestly this makes me feel so much better uh hearing that yourself you know such a proliferate writer and you know that that you have even issues yourself that honestly that and for anyone listening too it's like oh my god thank god i don't need to be worried about like what i'm writing (laughs) on comments whether it be online or something you know everyone has their own thing but I feel like I just never I never spell anything right I never I'm just like I'll oh, screw it people will accept <laughs> right they sort of accept the shorthand and the screw-ups yes, and, yes. The, and the and that they're theirs right uh th- there are some people online that that's the first thing they comment is like it's you it's your not your and you're like okay geez like Let's let it go.
1: (laughs) I know it doesn't it doesn't make it doesn't make them look good when they (laughs)
0: correct that. The the point, I mean, really, when we break down language, if you think about it, it's just to communicate my message to you. So if you got that message really at the at the end of the day, I mean, obviously, if we're talking about. Cross and T's and dot and I's, uh, no pun intended there—but yeah, like if we're really trying to get to that point, of course I get it. You want to be, you know, you're releasing a novel. Okay, it's got to be perfect, but just right. <laughs> if it, if the if they're just day to day, it's like, look, did you get my message? Great. There's nothing else to it. Yeah. That's well, funny.
1: and I feel like we're a lot more accepting of that now because of text messaging and, and online point. typing on our phones. Like, no good one, point. we use about 25% of the punctuation we used to, and we abbreviate everything, and <laughs> totally. it's all fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's another good point, like abbreviating everything, right? There's the LOLs and the I don't know them all, right? There's a ton yeah, of, I hear new ones all the time, which I get it. I like I like the idea of it. I'm all about language. I speak two languages myself, so I love you know, I love learning about languages, whether it be a new one, we're trying to create shorthand version of what something we already have. I I mean, I'm all about it. I, you know, it's tough for me. I I don't understand a lot of the, you know, I'm always having to ask somebody or whatever the acronym is or whatever, (laughs) you know, that's funny.
1: I'm, yeah, I'm Googling like three letter phrases at least once a month. What does that mean? I've seen that three times now. I guess I have to look (laughs) look it up. Um, and, and I've never had any idea what the different emojis symbolize. So I'm just giving up that bank of knowledge. I'll just never learn that. And it's hundred
0: percent, they don't <laughs> tell you the definition. They just put a new emoji and you're just supposed to like figure it out. Some of them, I guess, okay. Are pretty obvious, but some are, are not. they're not what you think they are. Right. You're like, <laughs> you're putting one, like what my mom used to put one for crying when she was meant laughing. So it, it was like the really the wrong time, you know. She'd be she responding to it, mom. That's not we're not supposed to be laughing at that, or we're not, you know. That's why are you crying at that, you know? Uh, <laughs>
1: that you yeah. Yeah. No, Ex- no.
0: exactly. Or day to day, like I I see pe- young people, especially, which again, it's uh, you know, it's I love it. Um, you know, um, using the phrases in day, li- you know, in everyday life. WTF, LOL. They'll just say it in real life, right? Like it becomes part oh, of yeah. our, our vernacular.
1: Bleeds over. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Bleeds over. I'm all about it. Yeah. I'm all I'm all about these new things. I, I I'm, I'm never one of those. Pe- I'm all about new and excited. OK, let's go with it. It's ever changing. No problem. Uh, you know, it, it's it's all good to me for sure. Well, yeah. Stacy, look, um, I'm again. Well, wow, look at that. Look, at how we're already getting into a great conversation here. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Super excited to have you on. You have this uh, debut novel out. Right. Am I saying that right? Is that the term people use? Debut novel?
1: I don't know. Uh, Yes. Yeah. So it's my it's my very, very first one. And sometimes like people will put out like a nonfiction book, but then you can still say your debut novel because it's the first novel. But this is my first book of any kind. Uh, My first first book length publication. So it's very exciting.
0: Wow. Yeah. And the review, I mean, everything I'm reading is phenomenal. I mean, you must be you know feeling good about yourself i'm sure you spent a lot of time on it and we'll dig into all that here um, but yeah what what are the first um you know reaction let's just say right now like how are you feeling about the reception of how it's going
1: it's been, it's been really great. Yeah. I was, um, I've been lucky to get some really nice reviews. You know, I'm, I'm not too, I'm even like going on Goodreads and Amazon and I'm not too scarred by those reviews yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got some one star ones always, um, always
0: anything. <laughs> right. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is for sure.
1: Exactly. So, um, so yeah, it's just been, it's been really nice. And one of the, The nicest things is just hearing from people, you know, because social media now, it's so easy for everyone to talk to each other and just regular people that I would have never met in real life that that post up that they enjoyed the book. And um, after working on something for a long time, just all by yourself and with your few readers in your reading group, it's just it's weird, but wonderful to know that all these strangers have now spent some time in the world you created.
0: That's awesome. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, that's that's the feedback, right? Like as a, a former chef, I guess, I don't know if you ever stopped being a chef, but, um, you know, uh, you know, I guess it's in the blood. I don't run a kitchen anymore, so technically I wouldn't be a chef uh, in that sense. Um, but, you know, when you're cooking, it's that it's that same satisfaction, right? When you give the plates out and they eat and you're just like, this is what I do it for. Right. Yeah. They're, they're they're living in the world I created, which I've never put it that way with food. And I think I'm going to start putting it that way. I, I like that a lot. I, it works for the novel. I mean, because you are literally creating a world. Uh, but yes. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I That's amazing. That's great. I'm really happy. Yeah,
1: No, but I would totally say that food does the same thing, right? Because when you're sitting down to eat, like everything else disappears. But the thing that you're eating. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Um, if it's good, right?
1: If it's good, yeah. If it's not so good, maybe you're. Then just it's everything
0: different. else. Yeah, exactly. Then it's everything else outside the food. Wow, what another great insight um, that I never thought about. That's another great insight. Wow, I like that too. Yeah, that's if, a good point.
1: Like one of my favorite like moments in general in life is that when you when you sit down and eat something that is so good that the first bite you put in your mouth, like you just you just make it like an involuntary noise. Like you just can't handle how delicious it tastes. And you're just like, all you can do is like a, mm, or, Oh, and, um, yeah, it's, it's the best, right? It's the best. <laughs>
0: I love it. That's exactly true because you know, it's funny. Uh, you know, gosh, any anytime I'm cooking, if I have an eye line, yeah, an eyesight line right of the people eating the food, that's really the sign is the is the no words. It's the mm, the noise they make. You're, you're like, yep, they love it because you're right. It's like your brain is actually too fried with like happiness to even put a word together. You're just like, nah it's just this primal <laughs> right? <laughs> Joy that comes out. Wow, that's great. Yeah, that's exactly it. That is hilarious. And that's what we're looking for, by the way, when people are eating, we're, we're watching the first bite. Yeah, that that says everything is the first bite, right?
1: It's true. It's true. And, it's our, and we're all so distractible, right? That like, once you've had a few bites of something, you're, you know, back at the table with the people, but it's yeah. the first one that gets your full concentration. Or even if you're not meaning to concentrate, it tastes so good that you can't help it.
0: That's a good point too. That's another, t- maybe an app that someone else ordered, right? That you're going to dev into, you're just like yeah. talking to you. Dev in. Oh my God. Wait a second guy. Holy cow. This is like <laughs> delicious. Yeah. That is funny. Yeah. That's great. What, what would be if we were to compare, what would be the first bite in, in a book? Is it the first page? Is that what you think is the first bite for people that first page maybe, or the first chapter, or what do you think?
1: You know, I think it depends on on the reader somewhat. But I think for me, because it's like, you know, not every meal that you sit down to eat, do you get that like amazing moment? Good
0: point. Good point.
1: When I read that in a book, like for me as a reader, it's when I read a sentence and it's like, oh. That's how I've always felt, but I could never articulate it in words. You know, it's when someone ah, okay. puts something down and it makes you understand your emotion better because you're like, oh, no, that's exactly it. But I could never describe it before. So it's like wow. a much more rare feeling. Right. Um, wow. And not every book is going to give you that.
0: Wow. What a great answer. I love that. That is so cool. I, t- I totally understand what you're saying. Like, Wow. I get that completely. Yeah, you're right. Not every book's gonna give that to you. Not every meal's gonna give that to you. You're 100 right. Oh, that's that's very cool. You know, for me, like when I start a book, I pretty much know right away. I mean, for me, again, just like a first, I mean, it's pretty instant if I'm if I'm in this. And I guess it is pretty much like you said. Like it's like, oh yeah. That's, that, that's, I, I could see it that way, you know? Yeah. That's a great connection to it. Um, y- you sort of connect to it. Right. And then from there it's uh, yeah. you're in, you're into it, yeah. you know? And I yeah. do
1: think you can tell, like, sometimes like I'll start a book and be like not quite sure and then grow to love it over the course of the novel. But I think with the ones that you really love, you know, from the first page, right. There's just something about the consciousness that's living out there that you're like, really excited. I used to, um, be an editor of a, a small literary journal that published short stories, um, American short fiction, which is still around, um, and still a great journal. But, um, a lot of the times I would know what stories we, we, people would just send us stories. We would read them all and we would pick the ones we love the most for, for the next issue. And, and, you know, eight out of 10 times I knew from the first page, I would just read the first page and be like this story. I bet we take this story. It is so yeah. amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you, you're trained. You have a trained eye, too. That's important to recognize as well, you know, and you're you know what? When you were saying, um, you know, I'll read a book and, and maybe I'll grow to love it by the end. That's such a for, for, that's such an experienced reading reader thing to say, you know, as an experienced reader. Honestly, I'm not an experienced reader, meaning I don't I read books, but not that many, you know, so I will give up easily for that reason. I mean, for that reason. But when it comes to food, for instance, I'm an experienced eater and cooker, right? A cooker. I don't know if that's a word, but you know what I mean. So I will go all the way with food too. I will, I will finish it, right? I will, I will, like Anthony Bourdain said, I will go through the bad meals to get to the good one. And it's kind of what you're saying with the book. You're willing to to take that route to get to that good book and see, you know what? You're making me realize I need to change. I need to change my game plan on that. I need to take that same approach and you know. Yeah. Wow. See, making changes right here.
1: Great. It's hard to write because there are so many books out there percent. And, and not as much time as we, like, it's just too easy now to pick up your phone if you're waiting in line rather than pull the book out of your bag. Um, sure. And so I can, you know, I, I love, there's a, another writer who lives here in Austin. Um, Austin Cleon is his name. And and he talks about like how to read more. And one of the things that he says is that if you don't like a book, don't feel like you have to finish it because there's so many other books out there. Um, and so it's a, okay to switch it around. So it's, you know, it's that it, it's, it's hard to say when when you should give up on, on a book and when you should keep going. It's a really tough yeah, call.
0: That is a tough call. You're right. It's like a movie, right? How far do you go into the movie yeah. before you're just like, yeah. you know what? Changing channels. <laughs> You know, there's something about right. There's always something that will keep you interested, but sometimes not. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I I guess it's a personal choice, right? It's your time. You do what you want with your time. Yeah. But that makes sense. You're right. There's a ton out there. So but I do want to be more, you know forgiving a little bit more right because i guess i'm a little too with but like yeah, you're not getting me okay i'm done and i need to be you know what let's just give this a little bit more chance and then i'll make that decision and then like you said don't be afraid to walk away if you have to and pick up another
1: book no problem yeah Uh, yeah yeah, it's hard though, yeah because you don't like there's some there's so much different pacing in novels like some novels have really fast pacing so it's really hard to stop because stuff keeps happening and you're pulled in Um, but, but sometimes it's the novels with a slower pacing that feel the best by the time you reach the end of it, but it definitely takes more patience.
0: I get that too. I mean, I totally understand that. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Wow. This is, I love talking about this stuff. This is cool. (laughs) Um, yeah, I love this stuff. It's so interesting. I just, I love how things relate to other parts of life. Right. When, when you talk anything, if you start yeah. talking about something like, oh, yeah, this is like this and this. I love that. And then the, it'll help, at least for me. That's how I understand things a lot better, you know, based yeah. off of re- relating it to something I already understand. OK, bam, the mechanics or X, X and X, you know. So, yeah. 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 Cool.
1: And I, I feel like uh, all the, you know, kind of like art forms have so much in common. So whether it's like TV, film, books, you know, cooking like visual art, like um, music, like all of it shares a lot of stuff in common. Um, 100%.
0: Than- 100%. I would say telling a story. They all tell stories in some true. way or another. Now know? that's
1: completely true. Yeah, even instrumental music is telling a story. Um,
0: yeah, 100%. Yeah, played music for a long time. You know, I write song. Yeah, I, I definitely. I talked to a lot of musicians on here too. Absolutely. That's what it comes down to. It's just telling a story, whatever that may be. You know, simple as that. And same thing with a dish. When we are cooking a dish, I want to tell a story with this dish, you know. Uh, wow. See, bam. Yeah, this is great. Um, okay. So let's talk about this book. It's called Olympus, Texas. Uh, and I've already, I, you know, I do a separate intro state. So don't worry. I like I've already mentioned this in the beginning, you know, for sure. <laughs> so people will know. Um, but um, what I love is, you know, you're a Texan writing about Texas. Not to say that, You can't write about, you know, some, of course not. I mean, that that would be ridiculous. Uh, But I love that. Right. So, um, you know, my first thought was, you know, what are things what are things you think maybe writers don't get right about Texas that aren't from Texas?
1: Yeah, you know, it, for the longest time, and I, I feel like the world's a little better about this. But you know, I grew up um, when when the old TV show Dallas was still on TV when I was a kid. Yeah, me too. That show was so popular that you would even go like I remember my first trip to Europe, and I'm like 19, and the cab driver is like, "Oh, you're from Texas? Like you have cows, and is there an oil <laughs> well in your backyard?" You know. So for the longest time, I feel like. Um, yeah, that was the stereotype of Texas that got the most play and it got to the point when I was younger that I almost didn't want to watch a, a TV show or movie set in Texas because like the accents would be so over the top and it just, you know, it felt like, like, not like the Texas that I lived. Um, of course, now I've gone and written a novel that also has kind of that, that bigness to it, um, so so maybe I'm, I'm riffing off that stereotype a little too, but um Um, yeah, so, and I think, you know, there's a lot of people that think of Texas as a rural state, you know, and, and as a, as just a red state and, and we are so much more than that because now we've got so many major cities, right. And we have a huge amount of diversity in in the population and, and, and a lot of different politics, right. It's just, we still have those big sections of Texas that are red and are rural, um, but they're looking, you know, an hour away from these giant cities, you know, that are some of the biggest cities in the U S. So I think it's hard because there's so much variety in Texas. Maybe it's hard for people to just kind of hold all of it in their head at one time.
0: I think that's the best way anybody's ever put it. I've ever heard. It's so much. You can't put it all in your head. What all is Texas? That's a great, wow. That's gonna We're clipping that. That, That's going to be a quote for, for social media, for sure. That that's it. Because you're exactly right. I lived in Europe myself. Um, My mom's from Mexico, so I lived in Mexico, too. Like, the ideas of what people have of Texas is exactly what you said, right? Like, and still to this day, it's kind of ridiculous what people will say to you. Like, yeah, we're riding around on horses with six shooters. Like, (laughs) dude, dude, like, for real, you really saying that to me? You're not joking. You really think that? I mean, how crazy is that? That's like, I think everyone in Alaska is living in, you know, igloos or whatever. (laughs) You know, it's like, that's not, I mean, that's crazy.
1: they're only fishermen
0: they only are on fishing boats yeah i mean it's you know and and sometimes it's people who have traveled so you think you would they wouldn't have those preconceptions, you know uh but you're right texas is just so much it's such a big state there's so much um it has everything you know I'm, i'm constantly telling people that i talk the myths i see in the news of texas this and that it's like no no the state is so complicated there's so much to it it's really not one particular thing. And it's like you said, it really is just like you said. It's just so big. It's just, you know, sometimes just too much for people to understand that it can be that nuanced and diverse and uh, have all the things that you said. Yeah. Wow. Beautifully put. You're a writer. Makes sense. Great job.
1: <laughs> well, and I, I was even surprised. Like I found when I, I was in a, a writing fellowship, and um, there were two other writers in, in our kind of cohort that were from Louisiana. Um, and I realized, oh, like I'm, I'm from, you know, about an hour off, off the coast of Texas outside of Houston. And we're so close to that Gulf Coast that I shared more in common aesthetically with Louisiana writers than I did from somebody that was writing from like El Paso or Lubbock um, or even Austin to a certain extent. Yeah. So it's those regions, like we're just so much geography wise that that's going to impact. You know the types of cultures in those towns too
0: yeah that's a yeah i mean that's a great point that part of east texas um absolutely 100 yeah it's got more more in common with louisiana 100 percent, absolutely yeah i mean sometimes it, yeah that part of the border you don't really know where you're crossing unless it yeah. told you right unless it said <laughs> it on a sign you really really know where you're getting into it, it definitely mixes together you know, yeah, for sure. That's a, I mean, that's a solid point for sure. And again, that that's shows the different aspects of Texas. Like, well, you grew up in Texas, well, where? Because yeah. we're going to have completely different experiences, potentially, you know, right? I mean, just like you said, totally, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Like if yeah that's someone grew up
1: in Plano versus grew up in McAllen, right? There's very little in common. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. It's complete. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Just like you said. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, you know, so why write about Texas? Your first book. I'm curious I
1: can't seem to write about much else. unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately right? On who you are.
0: Hey, I'm all about it. I mean, I'm all about, you know, look at this. Okay. I got the, the here. I mean, yes, this is the podcast. Too, so I mean, I do, have, but look, I do love the state and I, I love it a lot. So yeah. Um, but I was definitely curious if you felt pressured maybe to write about something else or I don't you know. know- uh,
1: One of the things that that I feel like is like the the ideas when I, because I wrote short stories before I wrote the novel. And sure, when I I have ideas, they are typically rooted in setting first, even before I come up with characters. I think of like a place that I want to put characters in. Oh,
0: wow. Okay. And,
1: And I think every writer's different, like in where they get their inspiration. But a lot of my stuff starts that way. And I think because of that, I feel like I can only set stories in places I know really well. Um, and I have, um, I've only lived outside of Texas for two years. So i spent two years in Northern California. Um, and I think I have like half of a short story set in Northern California. (laughs) (laughs) So two years is enough to get half of a short story out of me. Um, so I just, I gravitate. Yeah. Back to Texas. And I also, you know, I I would love to talk to you about this because people are asking me and I don't have a great answer. Um, I'm not typically a person who's like super rah-rah, like school spirit or like super patriotic. But Texas, I still love in a way that is like outside. And I know so many Texans do. And I, do you have any theories on why that is? Even though if we can see all the problems that are in Texas, too, why we have this like affection that can so easily blot out, you know, what we might like less.
0: Yeah, that's wow. That's a great point. Um, Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm not very. Yeah, I'm not patriotic or, you know, or I mean, that's 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 a weird way to say that. Like, I just don't have American but, flags and American flags, yes. of we course not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just a. I, I don't know. It's just something. Look, I love this country, of course. But, yeah, I get it. Texas is something different. Um, You know, you know what it is for me, I guess. It's the people, because that's what I tell people when I travel. Right. When they ask me about the state and this and that. And, you know, especially if you're when I lived in Europe, you know, people was, well, you're liberal. How you live in Texas, like you're against these. It's like, yeah, dude, there's a lot of people like me. Like, what do you think is, you know, (laughs) Uh, I would say it's the people. You know, what I love about Texas is the people, man. They're just so friendly. They're, you know, there's something about the pride of that state. And um, it, it kind of will maybe remain a mystery to some extent yeah. and, and that there's yeah. a beauty in that as well. Um, but yeah, I get, very- I get your question a hundred percent. I get it. Um, I'm going to brainstorm on that too.
1: Yeah. I, cause I don't, you know, I have a lot of friends who, cause I, you know, live, live in Austin, have lived in Austin, you know, primarily since I was 18 and I have Austin draws so many people from out of state, right? There's Well, sure. yeah, of my friends were not born in Texas, you know, came here as adults. Um, and they get, you know, and we're all pretty involved in politics. So there's a lot of things to get frustrated about. And um, they, I feel like they're a little mystified about how much I still love, like, all, all of Texas, not just of all, United, all of it. Of Abs- All of yeah. it. Um, and, and yeah, and I don't have a good answer for, <laughs> for why my gut reaction is to always, you know, def- defend the state, you know, even while trying to make it better. Thing.
0: You know what it is like, you know, the saying that people are afraid of what they don't know. Right. That That's that actually comes into play about Texas. There's a lot of people that haven't been to Texas or small towns yeah. in Texas, so they don't know what it is. And they're kind of afraid. And they think, oh, yeah, everybody's walking around with guns, just like you know, shooting each other. It's like, what, dude, that's not it at all. I mean, I, you know, you can go out to a small town in Texas. You're not going to talk politics, but you're just going to have a good time. You're going to eat somewhere. You're going to do that. You're going to, hey, how you doing? Yeah, great. Weather's great. Yeah, the typical sort of Texas friendly conversations they are going to help you out, ask you if you need something. I mean, it's just a very friendly sort of, you know, we'll help you. You know, that that's a very Texas thing, too, to just always offer advice or help or recommendations or, you know, this is how I do it. If, you know. Go for it if you want, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people just have never experienced the small towns in Texas and don't understand what it is. And like you said, Austin, too, um, you know, may think it's one way and it's not, or Dallas, you know, I lived in Austin for just moved from Austin like four months ago. I'm in Dallas now, I lived there almost 10 years in Austin. Um, yeah, there's myths about Austin, too, and Dallas and Texas, just myths oh, yeah. about it from people outside of it. It's like Uh, You know, I don't know what they think we're the life we're living here. It's just not what they think it is. Uh, You know, yeah, it it is. um, Yeah,
1: that's great. I know it's true. I had forgotten right before COVID hit, there was a a big like writers convention in San Antonio. And, you know, it was close enough that people were even like canceling their plans because they weren't quite sure what was going on with COVID. But I had friends from out of state that were like, I don't know if I should go. I just I just worry about all the guns. And I had to explain to them, you know, like I can walk around for a month and never, you know, and I know maybe for other states that doesn't feel like a long time, but it's like live your life a lot of days without, without seeing any guns. Um, that it's just not, not that, that common. Hopefully, hopefully that doesn't change with the, the new permitless carry bill coming out of the Texas ledge. Yeah.
0: I mean, absolutely. <laughs> of course, that's a crazy bill, but you know, the same thing I'll say like, Yes, I don't think we're just going to see a bunch of people just carry around. Gun. It's just not I, I don't think it'll change much of anything. I think it's for a few random people out in the country. Maybe that want to have some gun. And look, I get that, too. There's a diff- I don't have guns. I'm not a gun person, but I have nothing against. I really don't. To be honest with you, I've lived in Texas a long time and known a lot of people who have responsibly had guns their whole life. I've never seen an issue with it, um, you know, um, But I know that's a bigger conversation. I know there's more to it. It's nuanced that, you know, depending on where you live, your experience. I get it. We're going to have different conversations about it. But just from someone who's lived in Texas and been around people got like, you know, uh, it's it doesn't scare me. But at the same time, like you said, you're not just walking around, just seeing everybody with guns. I mean, not at all. In fact, I can't even remember the last time I somebody I saw somebody with a gun on their holster and I go out all the time now. Yeah, I'm out all the time. really, you know, except the cop.
1: That's exactly. It. That's the only person I've seen in the past three months was a, a county sheriff in Lampasas who was carrying his gun in the grocery. You know, his gun was on him in the grocery store because he was picking up yeah. groceries after work.
0: Totally. Um,
1: but yeah, that's the only gun that, that I've seen out in the world in six months. I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. It's just not a you know that common a thing that you think. Now, when there's protest, that's the images people see on TV, so they think, oh, that's what's happening every day in Texas. Like, yeah. I mean, trust me, if it was like that there would be a lot of people, st- you know, like, whoa, 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 this is not. Yeah. Y- yes. yeah you know,
1: leaving, leaving this. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Ahead. I mean, 100. If that was really what it was like. Everyone had a gun walk around. I trust me. I would not feel I would not be living here. You know, I probably wouldn't even live here if that if that was actually the case, um, you know, because that would make me uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie. That definitely would make me uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, You know, so yes, to break that myth for people. I'm, you know, that's, I feel like I need to start a Texas Myth podcast because I constantly do it a lot of episodes where I'm constantly like breaking the myth of this and that. Like, look, that's not what's happening here. That's not what's happening there. You know, Um, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, There could be a whole thing on that uh, for sure. Texas Myths of what it is. Um, Okay. Well, look, let's get back to your book. Okay. Olympus, Texas, Um, first novel. Uh, This is what I'm curious about. One. Were there other. Were there other moments where you had other ideas for novels that you've that you scratched and went with this one, or how did that work? Was this like the first opportunity, and you took it and you went with it? Or have there been other opportunities? Maybe you turned down, or just wasn't the right time. Or this, I'm curious.
1: So I, um, for a long time, I you know was writing these short stories, and I couldn't come up with an idea. Um, that felt like it was worthy of a whole novel, like that I wanted to spend a a whole novel on. It felt like this thing I couldn't quite get to. And then um, I had one idea in grad school, which hopefully may still be a book I write in in the future, but it was a a historical fiction idea. So it was going to be set in the 1840s. And I was like, that's going to take a ton of research. I don't know a lot about (laughs) about (laughs) the American South and Texas in the 1840s and 50s. Um, so I kind of put that on the back burner. Um, and then this was the first idea that I had that I got super excited about. Um, and, and, but it took me a really long time to, to write the novel. It took me eight years just to write the first draft. Um, wow.
0: Eight years. Wow. <laughs>
1: I mean, Cause I was like, I was working on, I would stop and I would work on short Rock. stories and sure. sometimes I would just not write for three to six months if work was really busy. Um, and, and so considering how long it took me, I might think that I should have more novel ideas in my back pocket, (laughs) Um, but I only have two, I have the historical fiction and then the one I, I planned to, I just started working on a, on a new one. Um, so, so yeah, and I just, after I finally got the first draft done, you know, eight years in. or maybe I was just like close to the end and it was getting really hard and it wasn't working. And part of me just wanted to like give it up and work on something else. But I told myself like, if you don't finish it, you won't have the confidence that you finished a novel and it makes it that much more likely that in the next novel, you'll just give that one up before you get to the end too. And so I told myself like, it's okay if it sucks, it's okay if you can't publish it, but you need to finish it anyway and you need to revise it and see where it is. Um, and you can give it up later if no one, you know, if none of your writer friends like it, yeah. <laughs> you don't like it. Um, but you've got to finish it; otherwise, you'll just keep having trouble. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm so sorry. My dogs are. Bright. I don't know if you can hear that. My dogs it, are.
1: It is totally fine. I had to. <laughs> I have to put my dog in the room with me because if I leave her outside the room, <laughs>
0: she'll she'll chirp. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I I get it. Trust me, mine are roaming around over here for the same reason. Like I have a loft, so there's actually I don't even have doors. So I can't oh, even like yes,
1: it comes right out. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: I, I, like there's bedroom area, but there's no door. It's just outside. There's really nowhere for me. But to be honest, just like you, like if I lock them away, they're like, what's going on? What's <laughs> going on happy. in there? Yeah, they're not happy. They're like, what's happening in there that you're doing without me? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, <laughs> I need to be there. Right. Yes, like, exactly. <laughs> I think there's somebody at my door, but I'm not worried about um, They 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 introduce themselves in the podcast all the time. So I let yeah, <laughs> sometimes I'll jump up here like, Hey, what's going on? Hey. Uh, anyway.
1: Um, I, I felt bad because I had like a, my virtual launch, I had like a reading and so I had my dog in the room and she started whining because she wanted to go outside of the room. So I was having to like pet her as I answered questions to keep her from whining too loud. Um, but, and, and I was embarrassed, but, but my friend who was part of the event, she was like, people love that. Like that's one of the Abs- nice.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yes.
1: They'd love yes. to see your house if that's just your life and everyone loves or almost everyone loves animals so <laughs>
0: hey if you don't I ain't got time for you I'm a you know I'm an animal lover, so whatever Uh, yeah look you know it's funny Um, you know these podcast I leave all this stuff in we don't it's real you know there's if you get a phone call it's like it's just real stuff I mean unless you were like no no let's cut that out then I would do it but for me personally <laughs> right. I don't care it's just these are the things these are were having these conversations The are real like it doesn't bother me one bit what am I gonna say let's retake that let's reset that up and do that it's like no 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 and like you said these are real moments. these are what people like I like that if I'm listening that that kind of you know it does it breaks the you know the what's happening and, and it kind of oh okay this this I'm in this conversation these are real people you know yeah, um,
1: yeah. I, I think that whole, helps a whole life you know yeah. <laughs> around them that you're not seeing yeah it is
0: nice yeah they got a real life here like okay yeah <laughs> responsibility they're like you know what it is most people are like that happens to me I get it. Yeah. That, that's really what it is. Like been there, you know, for sure. That's funny. Um, well, I let you know what I was going to ask about writing this novel. Um, would you have preferred? OK, you said you have this other idea that you're going you're starting to write now. I, I'm curious, just ideally, let's say hypothetically, ideally, what what is the best way for you, you would want to write? An, would you want to just sit down and only work on that for X amount of time? Or did do, do you like the idea of? of, you know, coming to it and going to it, you know, while you were doing other things?
1: Yeah, you know, there's, I do think in general, when you're writing the first draft of a book, um, and uh, especially something that's longer, um, that it does help to work on it every single day um and and there's something about working on it every day that the just the place that you're writing about the characters they feel more real to you so then it becomes easier to write about it um but I'm I'm a big believer for me I think everyone's process is different as a writer but for me I need to take breaks in between the drafts so like I need to finish a draft put it away for like a month Um, and that way, when I look at it again, to make it better, I can see it more clearly. It feels kind of new to me. Like fresh Um, eyes
0: sort of thing. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Um, so, but, but because I was spending so much time avoiding my book, (laughs) so I was writing the first draft. Um, like it can be, it can really slow things down because like, I would ignore it sometimes, you know, four months, five months. And then I'd be like, okay, now it's time for me to work on it again. And it's like like I got kicked out of the world of the book. Like I would try and work on it, but it didn't feel like real to me in the way that, you know, when you're writing stuff, it needs to feel real to you as the author. Um, So I would have to do all this work just to kind of wake the novel back up. So I would feel like I was back in it and could create. Uh, I I do not recommend taking eight years to write. (laughs) (laughs) I think if it has taken you that long, it's fine. It can still work out. But like if you're, if you can pick, don't pick that method. (laughs)
0: I love that advice. That's funny, but I get it. I mean, look, it's your first one. Labor of love like it. I think, honestly, the you know, if I'm a, if I'm an aspiring writer and I'm listening to this podcast, the the you know, what's going to stick out to me uh, among some uh, many things. But really what you said about, you know what, no matter what, I need to finish this because yeah. that's going to help me with the next one and the next one. Right. Like that idea. That's that's a, that was probably a crux for you right at some yeah, place yeah. like th- this is it i've got to get this done or regardless of you know yeah that's such a great um wow
1: you can't i feel like you can't go on like how you're emotionally feeling about your book because most writers because you know you have to be so hard on your own work to revise it right to be a good writer means you are probably pretty hard on what you write And so there's gonna be plenty of times when I didn't like the book, you know. And I was like, I didn't have like, I didn't think like, oh, this is great. I'd be like, I don't know, man. Maybe it's not (laughs) so good. It's all just like your emotions, and they change every month. And so you can't listen to that, you know. Yeah. Um, You have to get you know finished and get some distance, and and maybe also get some other people to look at it too, um, to see it clearly. Because I feel like, yeah, you're just so hard on your own anybody, I think is really good at anything, you know, whether it's, you know, any job, um, you only got that good because you're really critical of your own performance, you know?
0: Yeah, good point. That's a, that's a great point. And it is hard uh, to do that for sure. Sometimes to, yeah, that's hilarious. Like that. You're just like, mm, I don't know, man, I don't know if this, but I love your honesty about it. that's So uh, endearing uh, and genuine. Yeah. I love that. Uh, but you're right. That's, that's where you got to be. I mean, you can't really treat it like, you know, my child did, doesn't do anything wrong ever. Right. right like, Right. That's, exactly. You're not going to get anywhere.
1: Yeah. It's not going to improve. If,
0: yeah. It'll be, it'll be spoiled. Bad. Right. It'll be a spoiled brat of a book, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, and, yeah, and that's every, funny. most
1: of all you'll hear like a famous author in an interview and they just sound very pleased with their own work but and maybe <laughs> a few of them out there you know but i think a lot of times it's just like overcompensation like i've chosen to be my biggest cheerleader to quiet my own fears um, um about yeah
0: good point um, sure i get that too yeah. yeah but that is funny you know that the first thing that that came to my mind when you said that was not a novelist but i was thinking of uh homeboy from Oasis uh, back in the day, he always used to be like, you know, the greatest band in the world, you know, he was just like constantly just like, uh," you know, I was just like, we're the best of you, you know, but there's there was something endearing about that. Like it worked for him. You know, it's like it's crazy how for some people it works. And for other people, it's like, dude, you're you know, you're an asshole. You know, you're not. (laughs) <laughs> you yeah it's crazy how that uh how that works yeah that is funny yeah um, and
1: i don't know what yeah what it is about that certain people can off that kind of bravado i'm not sure why um, i don't
0: know either i can't i yeah that's not me for sure uh
1: most of the time i don't respond well to it but every once in a while
0: me too true. yeah me neither i don't either i don't i don't like that especially like uh, you know kind of grew up in texas i was always like be a man i hate this thing i look like, i hate that stuff okay i yeah. really do it gets on my nerves like so much um, and that idea, too. But again, there's some people like from him. I laugh at. It. It's like, dude, this guy's hilarious. Like he is like, I almost think like you are the greatest. Like this is, you know, <laughs> it's like only you could do this. You know, only this could only be you. So, uh, yeah. It, you know what? It's it's there's something about the way they say it. That's not in a mean way. It's like they genuinely th- no, no, no. Yeah. I'm like, I'm the best at this. You know, I'm not saying you're not good. Yeah. I'm just saying I'm I'm the best at this. You know, that's what I need to move forward, uh, you know, to, to give you the best. Right. Yeah. The be- the yeah. best of me. That's where I need to be to give that to you. So I guess that's where I see it. Is it genuine? Is it endearing? Are they just saying it to say it right? Is it just a bravado to have a bravado? Because some PR person told them this would be good for you, you know, <laughs> um, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's something it's like, is it a genuine bravado or just a, a made up one? It's a, something about that because, um, you know, people are people and I and I respect people for who they are and, and we're all different. And, you know, and I'm cool with that. In fact, that's what I love about life. And, you know, that that, that we are different. Um, so I, I'm I'm well, you know, when someone is who they are, no matter really what it is, I, I can almost respect that more than anything. I'm not saying I agree, agree with it. But you know, I can at least uh, start there, you know, with whatever. So I don't know if that's off topic here, but anyway, that, that's what I love oh, about no. podcasts. I'm telling you, this is awesome. I
1: know that's what. Yeah, and that's why I love listening to podcasts because they they're the only thing that's like a real conversation that that twists. Interviews are not conversations in the same way, you know, like what you see on the news. So.
0: Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that too. The time and place, you know oh, exactly, for everything. Exactly. I'm sure some
1: things need
0: to be. Yeah, sometimes p- things need to be just, you know, the, it, here's the information, and let's move on. You know, <laughs> for <laughs> sure. Uh, but for stuff like that, you know, talking to somebody like you, yeah, like this is where we need to dive deep. We got to get into the crevices and the cracks of things and what whys and uh you know those sort of things. And, that, and that's the to me the most fascinating. Um, you know, just for what you do, honestly, for me, it's like something I just think it's amazing. I mean, I just think, wow, that's just such an amazing thing to be able to put something like that together to create this world that so many people have responded so well to, and to also hear like your struggles to get there and uh, the passion and heart and energy you put into it and the care. I think that's another thing, you know, you care about the work, you're going to criticize yourself and say, that's not good. You care. So we're going to get the best version of your writing because of that, you know, and I love that. That is so cool. Um, Yeah, that's just amazing. I really I got to say that, Um, uh, you know, another thing I was going to say is um, this book, you write it. Was there a moment when you said. the, The moment had to come, I'm sure, when you said, yeah, I got a good book. Was that after um, public before? What When did you think that to yourself where you where you kind of gave yourself a little pat on the back, which is OK. You need to do that, too. Right. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, because
1: yeah. you, you know. got otherwise. I mean, I think there's probably people out there that have written really beautiful books, but didn't didn't believe in them enough to try and send them out, you know, to to put up because it's hard. To oh, get wow. Them, right. And sure. And writing writing it's a lot of rejection, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to get an agent. It's hard for your agent to sell the book, then it's hard to get people to buy the book. Um, uh, so you gotta, gotta have a a tough skin somewhat about that. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think for me, like I got, I'm a big, for me personally, I, I can't, I need feedback from other people to be able to revise. So like, I would, you know, and I was in workshops um, with other writers. And so I had workshop the opening of the novel at one point that didn't go very well. And then I didn't work on the book for like a year and a half. And then, but then I went, I worked on it again. And I had another workshop near the end of my time in, in California and um, it went really well. And people just really loved it. And, and a couple people told me, like, please don't give up on this. This feels like something. Um, really good. And so I think that helped kind of sustain me during the times when I was um, less excited about my own work. And then I, um, so I'd finished the book and I gave it to my writing group and got feedback from them. And um, at the time I was working with an agent and I had given her that copy and she gave me great feedback. And so I did a whole nother revision um, and was feeling really good about it and sent it back to the agent and um, after a couple of months, the agent got back to me and said, actually, I'm not interested in representing this book. Um, and I was like, oh, oh, that's oh, wow. Um, wow. And And so that kind of rocked me because I didn't think, I thought at worst she'd be like, oh, it needs another revision. I didn't think she'd just be like, you should go away now. Um, <laughs> and, and so, but I, I I had to give myself, you know, four or six weeks to kind of, um, you know, realign my expectations. And I was like, okay, I need to look at the book seriously and see like, is she right? Like, have I gone wrong in this revision um, or not? And when I looked at it again, I was like, no, actually I'm really happy with this book. There's nothing in it that I can change without the help of like an agent or an editor um, who has a better sense of like the market or other things. Um, and so I was like, no, I'm going to go ahead and try and find a new agent without revising again. I'm just going to send it out again. So I think that was the moment that I was like, all right, even though this person who, whose opinion I had respected in the last revision doesn't like it, I don't agree with what she's saying. And I'm just going to go ahead and move forward, which is, which was wonderful. Cause then I found an agent, you know, without revising it again. And and after it sold my editor at Doubleday we did um, a few big revision passes. You know, she's brilliant, and she made the pacing so much better, and just found some other problems in there. But like the book that sold, um, you know, for you know that did really well, you know, better than I was expecting, um, was the that version that got rejected. Um, wow. So that that felt good.
0: <laughs> that's yeah, what a great story! What a great story! Wow, that's amazing. That you know what that shows also just you know, you kind of know yourself as a writer a little bit, you know, you get, you know, you're, you're getting to know yourself and trust yourself and and that's super important, you know? Wow. That's a great story. Again, for people like, you know, listening, who are maybe writing or thinking about that, you know, like that's an important step that you took there, I think for sure. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's so, I I think it's important people hear those things because they know, I mean, I think a lot of, When you want to write, when that's what you're drawn to, it's not something that goes away. So like I, um, for a long time, I taught online, like continuing education classes. And a lot of the people in there were older. A lot of them were retired. But I would have like I had two different students that were men who were over 80 and they had retired. You know, they had been doctors or lawyers and they told me I always wanted to write but I felt like I needed to get, you know, a, a stable job. And, you know, so I, I went in this other direction, but the urge to write never left me. And now that I don't have other things to do and I can see, you know, I'm nearing, you know, the the kind of final portion of my life. That's what I want to do is I want to write. And so, um, yeah, I always want to tell people that like, just because you're not succeeding at it doesn't mean it's not something you should be doing. You know, it's like you know if that's when you feel your best when you're also um, writing. You know, and and even if it's not, it's hard to make a living as a writer. Is it being your like hundred percent income? Sure. Very few writers do that. Um, but but that if you're enjoying it and enjoying the process of doing it, like just because you haven't you know sold a book yet doesn't mean you're not going to sell a book. Um, you know, there's wow. Th- of debut authors that are older. I mean, I'm I'm 47, and this is my debut novel. So just because you're getting into middle age, don't worry about it. You can still be a debut author.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, that's awesome. Wow, what great advice. That's very, it's very motivating. Actually, that's what people need to hear. So people need to hear. Don't give up. And if it's in you, you feel it go for it no matter where you're at because everyone's journey is different for sure that fork yeah. in the road or wherever right it comes at a different time so yeah for sure
1: and sometimes so. you gotta put away you know sometimes life is too much and you can't focus on those those side things because you gotta focus on you know your life in some way but that it's a you know you can come back to it after time off it, it doesn't mean that it wasn't meant to be
0: absolutely and you know what do you want out of writing are you trying to be on a bet maybe you just want to write for yourself and this and that you know uh i still write music and and you know stuff literally just for myself nobody hears it you know i just that's what that's what i like to do just sit down and whatever have some fun so it's completely therapeutic and selfish in a lot of ways you know um (laughs) you know good god i hope nobody ever hears it that's what i you know my neighbors (laughs) listen my name My neighbors are the ones listen. No, he needs to stop. Actually, you know, I know he, I look, I know he loves it and all, but he needs to stop. You know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) running is quiet at least. Yeah,
0: writing is quiet at least. Okay, okay. I'll get some headphones, guys. Neighbors, if you're listening, I'll get some headphones. That's hilarious. They're just like, dude, does he have to play forever young 100 more times? You know, I
1: just heard, I'm. Heard a, an episode of This American Life recently, which was the story. Great, of the-
0: great! I love that. One. Oh, I love yeah, it. It's yeah, it's podcast.
1: so good. And um, the, it was in Ireland, and during lockdown, this guy decided that he wanted to learn how to play the alto sax. Um, and so, but his like next door neighbor in the house, <laughs> she just started recording him because he just kept playing the theme from the Pink Panther over and <laughs> over. Again. So four times a day for like 30 minutes at a time, she had to listen to the pink paper. <laughs> <laughs> so she started recording it and putting it on social media. But anyway, yeah, it's like, yeah. um, but that's, there's something really beautiful <laughs> in that though. That Somebody loved the, you know, not great if you're the neighbor and trying to have meaning, but um, <laughs> yeah. like, I love that human beings will do that. They'll spend that much time on one song because it yeah. just, it feels right to them.
0: It feels right. It's a self again, just a selfish thing. It's like, hey, this is for me. This is what I'm going to do. You know, Uh, I do everything sort of selfishly. Um, It's for me. If you enjoy it. Great. Uh, You know, um, in some ways, that's a good thing, you know, because I don't overthink it. I'm not worried about trying to meet you halfway as a, you know, someone, uh, you know, getting my art right, whatever it may be like. That's not what I want from an artist. I like don't worry about me you do your thing yeah. i want to see you you know yeah. I mean, just yeah. if i like it cool if i don't there's no problem you know it's, it's no big deal um you know and and that's a tough thing i'm sure you know artists get into it you know when you're writing a book is that something that gets in your mind like trying to please other people do you have to constantly tell yourself no 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 don't worry about that stay you know stick to your whatever it may be is that yeah. um yeah i
1: know i think it's hard it's um Cause it's also about like making a living. Right. And so you've got like the, the market is in your head, right? Like Sure. It's a balance. Are they not going to like this? And you want to give people a book they'll enjoy, but you want to write the book that you would enjoy too, which might not be the best seller. (laughs) I, I think too, like, I, I, I don't think you should think of those things as like selfish just because they're for you, because one of the nice things I think that I see in a lot of like nonfiction books coming out the past five years is like there's this, there's books with titles like How to Do Nothing or How to Be Idle. Like this idea, I know I feel like, the culture I was in raised me this way of like you've got to be productive, you got to be out there, hundred
0: percent, yep. Being
1: productive, contributing to the world, but also you know being a good capitalist and and everything has to be monetized and <laughs> yeah. and like I love I think taking back like there's a real push now for like artisan craft stuff like people just like making honey or <laughs> doing whatever. You're and right. It, it doesn't have to be monetized, right? It's not selfish to do those things just for yourself it's like part of, it's how humans are happy. Right. And, and when we make everything about producing something for someone else to consume, like, I don't think that makes us happy usually. Um, So. Yeah.
0: Great point. Yeah. Love that. Absolutely. I I love
1: that there's a real pushback. You know, I think so many people right now are having such trouble making ends meet, like houses are so expensive. Insurance is so expensive. Education is so expensive. Um, that it, we've kind of reached a tipping point where we're, we're like, you know what? Like, like, I've got to realize money isn't important because I'm living in a world where money has a really strange kind of meaning. Um, you know, it, it's just, I was just reading an article about uh, TikTok influencers and how somebody <laughs> got like $14,000 for a 20 second TikTok of them eating a piece of chicken. Uh, wow. And you're just like, we're living in a world where like none of this makes any sense in terms of relative value. Um, so it's like that's it makes us wanna, you know, you just wanna pick up your guitar and and fool around for an hour, you know, because it feels much purer.
0: I mean, those are great points. Um, you make a hundred percent. Um, you know, well, it's a you know, yeah, it's a better way to look at it, honestly. I like looking at it that way. Um, yeah, it's what makes us happy. And yeah, for sure. No, I totally get it. Um, wow. You know, let's uh, before we I don't want to forget this I, and we're going to mention it earlier, but let's tell people how they can get this book.
1: All right. Yeah, absolutely. That's support.
0: <laughs> I mean, we're going to mention it. all the, all the links in the description, but, uh, you know, coming from you.
1: Yeah, I am a big um, fan of independent bookstores. So that, So if someone wanted to buy my book, I would say you should treat yourself. And if you live near a local bookstore you should just go to the bookstore and find it because you'll also find other things that are wonderful. And I, I've always loved independent bookstores and I used to work at um, half price books when I was in my twenties here in Austin. Yeah,
0: absolutely. (laughs) Half price books. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And, and so I, I love bookstores, but I now that I've been through the publishing process, I kind of see how important those bookstores are to sales because they're the places that like, if they love your book and somebody comes in and is like checking out shelves, they may mention your book and say like, Oh, have you seen this? You might really like this. And that kind of hand selling is just so important, um, to people who aren't, you know, John Grisham or or Robert Patterson. Um, and so if, you know, if you've, um, Um, If you've got a local bookstore, um, and you can order from them online, there's also a great new online bookstore called um, bookshop.org. And they're trying to kind of take the place of Amazon for book sales. So it's an easy place. Um, They give money back to independent bookstores, but it's easy for you to just go on, buy it, they ship it straight to you. Um, and so bookshop.org is really great too. I try and I used to, you know, and I don't, you know, judge anybody. I used to buy books off of Amazon cause it is so easy, right? Like they, <laughs> they come, they're cheaper and they come faster and you know, who's going to turn that down. But, um, um, unfortunately Amazon's not great for book culture. Like they hold so much sway that, that they're constantly kind of doing things that, that undermine publishers, which then undermines authors, right? Because if we only have one person who's selling the books and publishing the books, um, which is I think what Amazon would like to be, then like you get no diversity in publishing, and um, you know. So, so I understand if you're ordering from Amazon, but I say if you got a little extra time and a little little extra couple bucks, um, it's it's great to put your dollars somewhere. Give them to people who love books for book's sake yes. and want yes. books to, to thrive. Um, luckily, I feel like with the pandemic, book sales were up a bit. So we're not currently in one of those moments where everyone is saying that the book is dead. <laughs> 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 the, the, the publishing is, is going to die you know, any minute now. So we're in a, a better book moment, thankfully.
0: That's, that's hilarious. No, I love that. Look, you said the perfect thing on this podcast. We're all about local shop local but yeah. f- food yeah. normally yeah. it's food we're talking about uh but it's the same idea with but i never even really thought about that uh, i love that absolutely support the local independent bookstores who 100 gosh i totally get behind that i never even thought of that um and if i didn't There's think about it, i'm sure of other people haven't
1: and when you know in normal times when you can go have readings it's often the independent bookstores although to noble does them too um, but that will host the readings, and then I've had to do all my events virtually, you know, because we're still kind of sure. in the process of opening back up. But we're not holding, you know, big events yet, and um, and just these great independent bookstores took the time to like host me, even though they can get a ton of sales necessarily through it. And um, so like they're in Dallas, um, I did an event with Interabang is the name of the bookstore. Um, so okay. so if anybody's listening that's in Dallas, um, they were great. I did one in that with the Houston bookstore called Blue Willow Books. And then of course, in Austin, you've got book people, but ev- everybody knows book people, right? If you live in Austin. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, they're just there's there's so many great, great stores out there now.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, totally behind that. 100%. Like I said, yeah, absolutely. No, it's amazing. Um, you know, what's funny is we barely even talked about your book, this whole podcast. You
1: know that? I, I, you know, I, I enjoy talking about other things. I feel like I've, I've been talking, you know, the same questions about my book. So I enjoy being able to I, talk. I
0: honestly, I expected that. And I do that a lot. I do that a lot on this podcast. I yes. won't like, I, like with Tim Brian, because I know it's like, if it was me, look, I've, I've answered that question, but let's talk about something. I, the way I look at it too, if somebody likes you, they're going to be like, I'm checking out her book.
1: It's true. It's true. It sells it just as well, right? Because you're like, oh, I like the way this person thinks about the world or- 100%. You know, this person is uh, funny or whatever. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's 100%. It's how, uh, yeah, Absolutely. For sure. Again, th- th- they can read the book and get the information on the book, you know, <laughs> uh, but hearing hearing your thoughts about things and how you wrote and this and that all these back you know, and your thoughts on it. It's just like, uh, you know, you're such you're very interesting and you have, a, you know, great story and, you know, explain things very well. I learned a lot uh, this podcast a, a ton. I really did. Um, so, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, I, You know, to be honest, I have started the book, um, so I haven't finished it. It's a long book, I'm not an avid reader, so it's gonna take me a minute, but I will say this, I'm in, I'm in, okay. I'm into the story, I'm into it, like, I like it, I'm in, like, I love, you know, how it's gonna progress, you know, the stuff I'm reading, like the reviews, I was like, oh my God, this is gonna, okay, okay, don't get too excited, Patrick, let's do that. you know, yeah, so,
1: <laughs> yeah, for right. sure. Your ex- <laughs> it's always, Yeah, you, don't, you never want to go into anything with too high of expectations because honestly that can do you in
0: uh, no it's going to be good you know but <laughs> my, my point was like okay don't don't uh because sometimes what i'll do is uh i might rush through the book because i like it so much and i'll miss some of the yeah. details because i'll read yeah. it so fast because i just want to see the end like i want to get to the end to find out know, because i'm like, so into the story
1: skip, skip forward be like i'm just going to skim these pages <laughs> yeah. and see the where yes. there's more move, Yeah. yeah. No. Yes. Totally
0: I'm is. reading only what's in the middle of the page. Like I start avoiding <laughs> the sides, right? It's like, I'm trying to right. speed read and I realize you don't know how to speed read Patrick. What are you doing? You just read three words on that page. I, you know, <laughs> what is going on? So yeah, I don't want to rush through it. I want to take my time with it. It's, it's uh you know, starting off beautifully. It's a great story. Uh, you know, obviously people can find out more about it here online and uh, you know, and absolutely. I 100% recommend the book. It's if you even if you're not an average reader, um, it's a Texan writing about Texan There's something personal about it, too, and realistic. And um, yeah, it's a you know, from what from what I've read so far, it's phenomenal. I can't wait to to finish it. And um, yeah, this was so amazing talking to you, Stacey. I really have to say that this was an awesome conversation. Uh, I can't wait to have you back on. And even if we just talk books, new books that are out that you like. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm down yeah, for stuff like that, talk. you know?
1: Yeah, no, this was, this was so much fun. And I, I really, really appreciate it. Um, it's, it's always nice to, to just get to talk to somebody um, yeah. <laughs> and not feel like, I'm, yeah, not feel like, oh, I've got to like say the thing and connect it all. So so. It was so much fun. It was really a pleasure.
0: Awesome. And now it's time for my favorite part of the show, the end credits. This is everyone responsible for making the show happen. Executive producer, Sebastian Sauerborn. Podcast manager, Nevena Ponovich Marketing manager, Caroline Grape. Video and audio editors, Danilo Vojnov and Pavel Sebastianović. Thumbnail designer, Marko Vukovic. Social media manager, Ursa Rusman. Guest outreach, Corey Menciez. Designing image quotes, Jay Apuya. Social media videos, Labrie Fernandez. Outreach support, Yonette Del Mundo. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. The Lone Star Plate podcast is produced by Texas Real Food. Go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for stores, butchers, restaurants, farmers markets, and more who are using fresh, artisanal, organic sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, go to thelonestarplay.com. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Until next time.